listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. Uh, let me just pray for you. I want you to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart. Um, the Word of God is supernatural, but it's not just information. It's revelation. The Bible says that let him who speaks speak as the very oracle of God. In other words, when you speak, there's information. You got to stick with the word, but there has to be this understanding that you're partnering with God so that he can speak to each individual. Any message I put together, I'm never trying to say like, oh, Abby Mowry, I've seen some wrong behavior in her life. I'm going to straighten her out this week. I have found that on the week I've ever tried to do that, not that I do, Abby's off skiing someplace, right? Because because that's so... There's this, Lord, what do you have for your people? But there's this great confidence. I don't even know all of you. I don't know some of your names. But God's got a message for you. And the reason why you want to be an oracle instead of just giving out information is then it has heaven's touch on it. And it's able to reach out and reach through maybe, you know, your rib cage of steel that's resisting God and reaches right in there and begins to pull you close to him so that you know that he's real, that he loves you, that he sent his son to die for you on purpose before you ever said yes to him and begin to draw you so that you can say yes to the, to the path that he has for your life, which is a good path. Won't always be easy, but it's a good path, much better than the path you'll be on on your own. Accomplish a lot more, probably make more money, be more successful just because you're following him, believe it or not. So I wanna pray that your heart today is soft before him and you could pray that. I'm gonna pray that and that he speaks to you today. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word today. I thank you for the opportunity to baptize people today, people who said yes. Lord, the truth is we say yes every day after we say yes. Every step we take, we're still following. It's not a, a one-shot deal and then it's passive residing in the background of our lives. We said yes and someday we get to heaven. No, we follow every day that we live. And it's powerful and it changes the course of our life and the trajectory has heaven's touch on it and it opens the door for us to be the best version of ourselves that we could ever be, to experience all the good things that you have. And so Lord, we celebrate what was done today, but we celebrate the next step for each of us in the room. Let our hearts be soft before you. Lord, if I've got an argument against you, I quiet that down right now. If I got an attitude against you, I shut that off for the next moments. Lord, if I'm uh, distracted by other things, Lord, give me the ability to tune out all of us in the room to hear what you have to say. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Give him a big hand before you're seated. High five the person next to you and uh, whisper in their ear and say, I'm glad you came. You're in the right place. So in our, uh, in our series entitled, Follow Me, this is a series about Jesus' invitation to follow. And I just want to direct your attention uh, to the verse I have up on the screen. It says, then Philip opened his mouth. Philip was at, uh, one of the disciples. He's an apostle. And he's actually uh, used by God in some supernatural ways. But he finds himself on a road. And of course, back then, it wasn't like I-5, people in their own car, in inappropriately not passing, driving in the left lane. Uh, <laughs> Get over in the right lane if you're going slow. Uh, it wasn't like that. People were traveling, walking. And so much more of a communal environment. As you pass somebody, there was some dialogue. There were some interactions. It was uh, much more people. People traveled, and when they did, 
you got to interact with people. And in the process, Philip here is traveling, and as he's traveling, he hears someone reading out of the Bible or the Old Testament. They had just gone to Jerusalem. They were uh, gone to the festival. This was a, a political leader from a different country, but he's reading the Bible, and he's trying to interpret what it says. And as he's like riding in his chariot, Philip gets up close, listens, and so then there begins to be some dialogue, and the Bible says that Philip began to describe to him. It says he opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told this man about the good news of Jesus. How many of you know that the Old Testament is really about Jesus? Every story you read, while there is the actual storyline, there's also the, the, the blueprint for Jesus. And so what this man was reading was actually prophetic words about Jesus' life, death, sacrifice. But the man was reading it, didn't get what it meant. And so Philip began to describe to him the good news about Jesus dying for our sin. And as they were going along the road, this, this man experienced this drawing power of God and was so moved, he wanted to respond. And the Bible says that going along the road, they came to some water, and, the, and this man said to him, hey, there's water here. What pre prevents me from being baptized? I mean, this was like if you come to me uh, toward the end of our gathering and say, Steve, I made a decision to follow Jesus, I will baptize you right, right then and there if, that's, if you're ready for that. This man didn't have a whole lot of description about theology. He didn't take 10 classes, but he made the decision to follow Jesus. We have Philip, who's one of the uh, leaders of the church, so he's authorized to do a water baptism and baptizes him right there in front of all of his friends, all of his caravan, and the people traveling down the road. He makes a strong statement right then and there that he's decided to follow Jesus. Um, he makes what I call a declaration, and I think it's important that we make a declaration as to our decision to follow Jesus or not. Baptism really is that public declaration. Now, it, it could be, and it is true, that prior to this moment, there are people who got baptized, there was that draw, there was the decision, maybe a hand raised, maybe they came to the altar, but this becomes like their public declaration to everyone in, in, in the church. It's a declaration to themselves. It's a declaration to their life. It's a declaration to the people who were influential into them coming to know Jesus. It's a declaration to their future. I'm going to follow Jesus. And so it's so much powerful symbolism involved with water baptism, but I love that idea of being bold and declaring what you're going to do. There's a movie that my family loves. This goes, dates back probably 20 years. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, but it's got uh, um, uh, Joaquin Phillips is in it. It's called The Village, or not The Village. It's, uh, is it? yeah, it's The Village. And there's a girl in this movie who's single, who's, she's in love with Joaquin Phillips, or Phoenix, I'm sorry. Why did I say Phillips? <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, and she's in love with him. And so she goes to her dad, who's the leader of this, this village, and declares her love to this young guy, to her dad. And she's all excited, and it's awkward, and she's, she's like opening the curtain on her heart to tell her dad, I'm in love with him. And dad's a little nervous, like, uh, shouldn't the boy be here to talk with me about this? Because she's talking about getting married to him. Where's the boy in all of this? And she's like, uh, and, and dad says, does the boy even know that you feel this way? She's like, no, but he's gonna... And so dad gives the thumbs up approval, but he tells her, before you tell anybody about your burstings, 
I want you to tell the boy. So it fast forwards to the next scene where she walks into the workshop where uh, Joaquin is working and she walks in and she says, good afternoon, Lucius. And he's like startled and he turns around and he stands up. He's kind of an awkward guy, quiet in his character. And she says, she begins to roll into her declaration. She says, good afternoon, Lucius. I, I wanted to, 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 to tell you something. I love you, Lucius. I love you like the day is long. I love you more than the sun and the moon together. And if you feel the same way, then we should not hide it any longer. It's a gift. Love is a gift. We should be thankful. We should bellow it out with all the breath in our lungs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The scene cuts to her laying on the bed being consoled by her sister while she's screaming, ah! because apparently Lucius did not express back to her his declaration of love. But I love that moment that she's so bold, and she declares her love. It's strong, it's from the heart, it's sincere, and whether it was received or not, she, she, it's just such a great example of being all in on the declaration no matter what comes next. You know, and I think that's important that you and I, we recognize that relationships start with a declaration. There comes a point where you declare what your intentions are. You declare what you've decided to do. Um, Jesus invited people to follow him while he was alive, and after he was crucified, and after he was uh, resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. The disciples continued with that same message. And nothing changed. They began to go around and tell about Jesus to describe, like in the case of Philip, using the scripture to explain who Jesus is with that invitation to not believe, although believing is important, it's the, the invitation to follow. Because you can believe without following. I don't know if you realize that. God's goal is not to get you to believe in him. If you believe in him, you're in good company. The devil believes in God, and it causes no change in his existence. It's beyond believing. It's the invitation to follow. And so the disciples carried on with that invitation. Now, one thing that you have to understand about Scripture and about the decision to follow Jesus, it is a deep covenantal relationship. A covenant is beyond just a, a handshake or a decision. A covenant is a, a, a decision with another individual, typically, and with God. It's, a, it's like a triangle. Like today, I was not just baptizing individuals and me and us present as the second person, but it's a, it's a decision to follow Jesus that's made covenantally with God. Covenants require blood, and the blood in this case is the blood of Jesus. And in the Bible, it equates a relationship with Jesus always to the relationship between a man and a woman in marriage, also a covenant. Now, we live in a day and age, and also, not just in our day and age, this has been forever. I want to be careful when I use the word marriage that you understand in this house, in the context I use it in, I recognize that two people or many more than two have come together in the past and had all sorts of unions. People coming together and engaging one another and being physical with one another. And that's been going on since the, you know, since the very beginning. But when we talk about biblical marriage, I will always be talking about a man and a woman and God. Because without God, it's just a union. 
But when you look in the New Testament and Old Testament as well, when a man and a woman come together and they covenant together, they bring God into the relationship, and it's, a, it's as strange as it sounds, it's a threesome with God. It's a partnership between both parties here on earth to, to engage in this relationship with God together. So when Rowena and I got married, while I was marrying her, I also was making promises to God, and God was making promises to me. Now, again, there's all sorts of different relationships in our culture um, that don't include that arrangement. You can get married down at the courthouse, and it's a union. I'm not here to argue what everybody else is doing, but in, in God's economy, he's looking for a man and a woman to come together and engage in the covenant of marriage. And the reason why I'm, I'm leaning into that is because it's very similar to the covenant that Jesus lays out with him where we engage with him and make a promise with the Father. And there's that, that, that group life together where we walk with him and we've made a promise and it's every step we go from here on out, you know, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, I give you my promise. And so when we say yes to following Jesus, that declaration, there's so many parallels between the marriage covenant as we look at it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses, verse 31 says, Therefore, a, a man shall leave his father and his mother. He shall hold fast to his wife. That relationship with his wife now becomes the most important relationship, right? You still have a mom. You still have a dad, and you honor your parents. But the number one relationship is your wife or your husband. And when you say yes to Jesus, you might be married. And I, I know that Rowena loves me but her first commitment's to Jesus. It just is. And, and my first commitment is to Jesus. It's, it's, it's the covenant above all covenants. It's also the covenant that makes our marriage covenant work correctly. You know, the thing I loved about Rowena is I always knew from day one she was going to love him more than she would ever love me and put him first. That's the kind of, that's who I want to be with, you know, and because it'll help me and we'll keep going straight together. Now, it goes on to say, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. The two shall become one. Believe it or not, following Jesus, it's a, it's a partnership that becomes like one. You wake up in the morning, he's there. You walk through the day, he's there. He says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. He's actually placed his Holy Spirit within you. And so you're navigating through life. And while you're with other people, there is this deep relationship that's always, always functioning and available there. It goes on to say, uh, after he holds fast to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. And he goes on to say this, this mystery is profound, but what I'm actually talking about is Christ and his church. So there, he's, he's showing you, here's biblical marriage, and here's following Jesus, and they have so many similarities. Um, you know, as Jesus knocks on your life and begins to draw, to bring you to the place to say yes, there are a number of different responses that certainly a person could come up with, and I've seen all four. Number one, there could be a rejection or somebody says no. Those are always awkward videos to watch on TV where somebody proposes at a baseball game, and the person they're proposing to, yeah, they're great with dating, but I really don't want to spend the rest of my life with you. Very awkward. Hey, read the room before you do something like that. Maybe find out in advance, Okay. Uh, it should be a surprise, but not a surprise. Um, and there are times where people, 
And I understand for a million different reasons, but people will say no to following Jesus. But once that process has been engaged, where they sense the drawing, the Lord's still faithful. He still reaches out. He still invites. Because at that next level, there are some people who, uh, they feel the presence of God and they hear the invitation to follow, but there's a little bit of hesitancy. And I'm never nervous about the hesitancy. You shouldn't be either. If you are sharing with a friend and they're not really sure yet, there's a, there's a process. One of the most dangerous things are people who just hear about Jesus and want to jump off a cliff for him and not even sure really uh, maybe what's all involved. Like the person who sees somebody, I'm going to marry them. We hear some great stories about that, but like love at first sight and people are married within about two hours. But for the most part, it doesn't always turn out well. You know, Jesus dealt with a lot of people in Scripture that he invited to follow them. One man, Nicodemus. And it took about three years for Nicodemus to finally make the decision. But he wanted to, he was, he wanted to do it thoughtfully and, and make sure he knew what all, to the best of his ability, that he could make a commitment that he could keep. And then we see him make that decision and become a strong follower in biblical history following after Jesus. Uh, that next level is, is uh, I call it, I don't even know if this is a word, but proximitous admiration. It's, it's like you're around Jesus and you really, really dig him. You're like, oh, this feels cool. Oh, man, he's got some cool people. It's kind of like dating somebody that you, there's a lot of qualities about them that you really, really like and you want to enjoy more of the qualities, but you never really do say yes. And a church will always have those people. And if you're one of those people, you are welcome. We're glad to have you here. But at some point, to really step in and enjoy, uh, whether it's marriage or whether it's a relationship with Jesus, you have to make the declaration and cross the line to get to enjoy the benefits. You can try to steal some of the benefits of marriage before making the declaration, but I want to tell you, it's not like the actual covenant of marriage where God says a man who finds a woman, it finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. The favor is not just God's smile. Favor is the radiance of heaven being pushed down into your life. And there's a tangible difference when God's favor comes upon you. And when you make the decision to cross the line and say yes to Jesus, and that's a public declaration, it unlocks some things. The truth is, you never really can be married without the declaration. And nor can you really experience the kingdom of God without making the declaration. Sure, you'll be able to sing the songs. You'll be able to experience the presence of God. You'll get to see some cool things and feel some cool things, but there will always be a sense that you aren't really getting everything. And why isn't this working for me? And quote, unquote, I tried that, but it doesn't work. It's because you, you, you can't experience the fullness of the kingdom until you step into the kingdom. I want to challenge you. If, you. if you get to really make a, a bold declaration, I will follow Jesus, it could be that you don't even realize this, but you're dating forever. I mean, I don't know if the, I'm going to look down here. I don't know how long some of you have been dating. But there's a point where you either need to, as they say, poop or get off the pot. <laughs> like dating is really about determining that this person and you are, that I can say yes to this person. It just really is. I mean, I, think, I don't know what the number is, but at some point, <laughs> at some point, say yes to Jesus. Yeah. 
Again, you'll always be welcome here, but you're going to be one of the most frustrated persons on the planet because you keep seeing all these people enjoy all this stuff and you get some of the residue, but it's like eating the scraps underneath the table without having the meal. Man, there's something powerful about being in the darkest place in your life and yet you feel the presence of God and you're not blinking because you know he's going to take you through this spot. You can experience that because you've said yes to his invitation. And when you say yes, you become his. Until that point, you're on your own. You're yours. You know, when you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to him taking control of your life, which a lot of people look at the control. I don't know if I want somebody to be in control of my life. Tell you what, I want somebody who's smarter than me to help take control because he's got provision and help and answers and supernatural things that come with that relationship. So that proximitous admiration may be a part of it, but I think the most important one is that declaration, to say yes to following Jesus. Understand, when you say yes, it's the way a person enters the kingdom of God. And I will say this also, the way you say yes helps to set the tone for how you're going to take next steps as well. When you say yes, it's more than just information. It's a declaration. It's not, hey, I I said yes. It's, I said yes. It's making a declaration. It's It has a force to create, to establish, and to break some things off when you say yes. Oh, now, I believe in God. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I say yes to an invitation, and it opens the door for the next step to take place and the next steps that follow it. It's more than information. It's a declaration that has force. And when you speak out those words, It is a blueprint also of what we see in Scripture. There is incredible power in the spoken word. You know how I know? Because I asked my wife to marry me. She was my girlfriend at the time. The weirdest thing happens when you get married. This is for those of you recently married. You remember this moment. Really weird moment where some guy with a gorgeous head standing underneath the lights glowing says, do you? And you say, I do. And then he says, do you? And, he say, and they respond, I do. And then he says, you are. And something shifts just in the power of those words in the economy of God. At that moment, there's a declaration. I now pronounce you man and wife. And there's a declaration to go out and, and, and prosper in life. How is it that just by my words, how is it just with a yes and the yes and the de- Because words have creative power when they're declarations. God spoke the world into existence. He did not shape the world with his hands. We see the pictures on the internet of a giant set of hands holding the earth. God did not need to lift a finger to create everything that you see. He spoke the words into existence. And to demonstrate the same power, Jesus, while on earth, when he was in the middle of a storm, with his words, spoke to the the sky and said, peace, be still. And the waves died down, and the, the thunder went away, the lightning disappeared, and they were on a calm sea. His words had that power. And you are made in the image of God, and when you make declarations, they have power. 
Uh, this is really important for you to hear, and I don't have time to go into this arena, but you make declarations all day. And some of them, the, every declaration begins to pave the way for your next steps. And you need to understand that because some of you are paving your, your way in the wrong direction. I'm the dumbest person ever. Do not prophesy to your future about how dumb you are. I'm so stupid, this is probably never going to work out. Your words have creative force. And if nothing else, they tip you in a direction. I'm, I'll never be able to do this. Well, there's, here's doing this. I can do this. And here's, I'll never accomplish this. And when I say, I'll never be able to do this, I lean into a future that I don't even want because my words have creative power. You can have the smartest kid in the world, and if you tell them every day, you are the dumbest person on the planet, it will, it will adjust their trajectory for the worse. Your words have similar creative power. After all, you're married because you spoke out a declaration and it was responded to. That's why we pray out loud, because I don't know that we have the power of thought over circumstances. I mean, God can still hear that prayer, but God doesn't need to hear the prayer. My world needs to hear the prayer. If you're sick, I'm not going to whisper under my breath. I'm going to speak to the sickness that resides in your body the same way Jesus did. That's the way the disciples did it. Why? Because the spoken word has creative power. It will create, it will loose, it will establish, it will pull things apart, it will cause the storm to be still. So it has that type of power. I have the worship team come as I finish this up. Um, you are making the declaration, those who were baptized today, they're making a declaration to follow. And that's the beginning of the declarations, but the truth is every step that they'll take from there on out is a declaration of sorts. And it still should always be, I will follow. 35 years later for me, you get up in the morning and I make my declaration, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And it might look a little wobbly and I might have a couple missteps, but I'm not making the declaration that I'm perfect. I'm not making the declaration that my life is all that in a bag of chips, but it's the declaration that I will follow from where I am in life. It's the, not the declaration that I know everything about God. It's a declaration that I'm following after him. I'm not making the declaration just, uh, you know, to, to, to try to uh, make a statement to everybody else about some level of spirituality. I have none of these people have done that today. But when we all got up this morning, as we follow Jesus, it's important to make the declaration. And the declaration is, I'm going to follow. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? You know, um, just a thought that I want you to consider about today's declaration and your declaration. You know, when you make a declaration, so some of you are like, well, you know, I don't need to be baptized in front of the church. You know, I go down and dunk myself out in the woods. I don't really want all the attention. Declarations have an audience. And just like baptism, also with your life. You walked in today, do you know that you were declaring something when you were worshiping? You're declaring something just by the way you're standing right now. You're making a declaration to yourself of what your intentions are. I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself what I'm gonna do. 
because I got all these voices in my head saying, do some other stuff. No, 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 I'm going to remind myself today I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, I don't really feel like it today. I know I don't feel like it today. That's why I'm declaring it. I'm telling myself we're following Jesus today. So I'm declaring it to myself. I'm also making my declaration to my circumstances. Busy schedule that's fighting against following Jesus. Today I inform you that my intentions today, I will follow Jesus no matter what I face. I want my day to know. I want all my calendar events to know. I want everything that I'll experience to know that when I show up, my declaration is I plan to follow Jesus. I'm also declaring to my past that I'm planning to follow Jesus. I know that maybe there's some spots back there where I screwed up, but today I'll follow Jesus. I might have some spots where it was a little bit messy back there, but today I'm following Jesus. I'm also informing my future. Hey, get ready. I'm coming, me and Jesus. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I either do I, but I'm going to tell you what, when we find out, I know who I'm standing next to. It's me and Jesus. I don't know what the economy looks like for your future, but I know what, if you show up with Jesus to that future, he's going to take care of you. So I'm declaring to my future, when I show up, me and Jesus, I'm declaring to the Lord. I want the Lord to know, today I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm following you, Lord, today. I want to remind him that, I, that I'm not going to resist or quench. I have decided I'm going to follow you again today. He already knows it, but I want him to hear it. I make my declaration. I'm also letting you know when I make my declaration. I want you to know that I'm going to follow Jesus today. I want my wife to know. I want my kids to know. I want my friends to know. I want my church to know. I want my enemies to know. I want the world to know. I'm going to follow Jesus. Again, I'm not declaring I'm perfect or I got it all together, but I am following. You guys might wander through the weeds and all kinds of political ridiculousness and social insanity and saying things that don't even make sense and are totally lies just so you don't lose your job. But I'm going to follow Jesus. That's my declaration. That needs to be our declaration. I will follow you. When everybody else says, no, you will follow me and you will follow what we say to say, no, 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 I'm following Jesus. Come what may. He will never leave me or forsake you. Me, he will ditch you in a heartbeat. I mean, not you, no, 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 that didn't make sense. Try to say, they will ditch you in a heartbeat. When you start following them, they'll abandon you. He will never abandon you, amen? I'm letting the church know that I'm following. I'm also letting the people of the world know in Jesus' name, amen? Amen, you guys can take this. Let's go ahead and pray. Hand over your heart. How many of you, take the other hand and get it ready. How many of you have decided to follow Jesus? Right? Some of you are like, uh, bold declaration. Right here. I've decided I'm following Jesus. Look at the person, if that's you, say, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided. Look up to the heavens. I've decided to follow Jesus. Point to your past. I've decided to follow Jesus. Point to the future. Get ready. When I get there, I'm following Jesus. Amen? Again, tell the person next to you, I'm following Jesus. Amen? Let that be your declaration. Father, we thank you. We love you. We honor you in this house. We thank you for the invitation. We could never find you unless you draw us. But as soon as we experience your presence and you begin that drawing process, we have this great moment to respond. And so today I say yes. I will follow you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen.
Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church.